Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. This is part two in a message I already gave you a little snippet of. It's time. Let's open up our Bibles to Mark chapter one. And this is where I want to start. So last week we talked about, does anyone remember the title of the last week's message? Come on, don't be afraid. Dead man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Dead man. Dead man. If you don't remember it, listen to it. Got a podcast. You can go listen to it. Dead man. This message, easy. It's time. Everyone say, it's time. It's time. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. So to set this up, John the Baptist, who was preparing the way for the coming Messiah, Isaiah prophesied about John the Baptist hundreds of years before. And this man that is a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. This guy gets put in prison. So you know what Jesus does? Jesus comes on the scene and he says in Mark chapter 1, the time has come. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent, metanoia, change the way you think. Change your mind about what God is doing. Maybe you think God's not on the scene. God's not working. You know what he says? He says, repent because I am. Change your mind, your views about God, your views about man, and believe the good news. Sometimes we over-Christianize this, the good news. Believe the good words. Believe the good intention. Believe what God has to say about your life. What he came to do, his rule and his reign, he brought his kingdom on earth. And he was going to die on a cross for us. Why? So that we could receive life. Go listen to it again. Go listen to the last week's message again. It's good. Receive life and have it more abundantly, men, dads, moms. The time has come. Now, now we can take this specifically in the context. There's layers to this, right? Jesus is talking about the gospel and the kingdom coming near. But I know in particular that people are waiting for the timing of God on their life, right? Anybody? You're waiting for God to do something in your life, that God is preparing you for something. Anyone? You feel God preparing you for something, but you don't know what. And I, and I would like to say to everyone here that, hey, today's the day. And everyone goes, woo, we're all fulfilling the promise. We're all seeing the promises. Hold on. I, I'm not necessarily saying that. I believe that he's faithful to complete the work that he start. I believe in his due time. That's great. So what I'm asking the Lord is Proverbs 15, 23. A timely word, how good is that? Proverbs 15, 23, write it down in your notes. A timely word, how good is that? That we're all longing, God, I'm longing right now as I'm preaching to your people who you've called me to steward and shepherd over in this time for a timely word. That you, that you might be waiting for something and God wants to affirm and confirm that it's not necessarily maybe time for the fulfillment, 
But it's time, here's what I want you to think about. It's time to get serious about the things God is serious about. As a, as a man and as a father, it's time today, like, like never before, to get serious. I'll, I'll add women in there. I'll add, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking to the women as much because I feel like they just have something they know it's time. Come on, any women attest to that? They just have this hunger. And, and the men, I feel like we just might need to step it up a little bit. All the women say amen or, yeah, come on, I like that. I like that. It's time to get serious about the things God is serious about. I look at David's life and you hear a lot of pastors talk about David and, and David gave, gave us great insight as to what the Messiah was. The Messiah was gonna be like the son of David. But if you look at his life and you take his life at face value, I think we can compare ourselves a lot to him. When I look at David's life, I see a lot of our journey. I see a lot of preparation out in the field with the flocks, right? Being a shepherd wasn't, wasn't pretty business. Where no one saw him, he was alone, he fought the lion, he fought the bear. He had this huge preparation phase and he even became anointed as king and didn't see it for years. I feel like a lot of our journey, if, if you're honest, God has a lot more preparation than you feel you want to have. And David had a lot of ups and a lot of downs and he had a lot of mistakes. I saw David being alone. I saw David having close friendship. I saw David live in fulfillment and I saw... David have generational impact. And this is what we all want to have, right? You want your life to go beyond just you and, and when you, you're dash, right? What the grave says, you want your life to go beyond that. You want to have a legacy. You want to have a generational impact. And fathers and men, I'm talking to you because I feel like it starts with us. So here's what I want to ask as we, as we start, is what David asked in Psalm 139, search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. This is part of dying to yourself, this is part of living your life crucified with Christ, is being able to say this prayer. Let's turn, if you're in Mark, turn to the right to 1 Corinthians, and let's share this verse again, and then we'll pray. This is our, our series verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. And this is all we're going to do today, is we're just going to talk about this short verse. So you'll be out of here in like five minutes. <laughs> Y'all, you're like, how could you lie in the pulpit? I know we're not going to be out here in five minutes. <laughs> Maybe, you never know. Rapture could happen. All right, let's, let's look at this and then we'll pray. Be on your guard. This is what Paul writes in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage or be courageous. You know what the literal translation is? That one. I don't know where the NIV got the whole be courageous and stuff. That's pretty, it's nice. What Paul said was act like men. 
Ooh, nice, okay. We can't even accept that in our translation, okay. And be strong. I wanna talk about that, being on your guard. Stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, act like men, and be strong. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Come on, would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, you're already here. God, you're moving among us. I pray that we would be open and receptive. Come on, everybody pray. God, Jesus, we ask that you come and that you speak. Because if, if you don't speak and it's just Dustin, it will be limited. God, but God, if you interrupt, God, if you have your way, it can change lives. It can change hearts. It can set people free today. We want you to set people free. We want you to set men free that have stood on the sidelines. And now you'll call them up and call them out. Not because they're perfect, but you're calling them. Your voice is reaching into the darkness and pulling them out so that they can be on their guard. So that they can stand firm in the faith and be strong. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen. 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 That's what we want. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I just putted that in, and then there was the golf clap. I just putted it in. Just kidding. Oh. All right, sarcasm, leave. Okay. So um, I, was, I was praying for my kids the other day. Do you pray for your kids? And I'm um, thinking about uh, the whole uh, hedge of protection. You ever think about that? Anyone ever pray? Where's the old, older people at? A hedge of protection. What's the hedge trimmer? What's the bush look like that we're asking for a hedge of protection to keep the enemy out? <laughs> I still do it. I still do it. But a hedge, something better than a hedge we could do, maybe a wall. And I was praying for my kids, and I, I believe that the Lord will protect them, don't you? So one day I was driving to work, <clears throat> praying for my kids, and I get a text from Chantel, and she's like, there's this rash on Duke's hip, rash on Duke's hip, and I was like, oh, that's like a week ago or a few days ago, I saw it, I was, I was changing him, I was like, Duke, did you hit your hip or something? He's like, no, I like pressed on it, did it hurt, and didn't think anything of it. Come to find out like a week later, so Chantel sees it, and it's like this big like bullseye type thing. Anybody know? I don't know. So yeah, you guys know I'm I'm dumb. I don't know this. And uh, he's four years old, and we take him to urgent care, and they're like, "This is a Lyme's rash." And 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 Chantel tells me, and honestly, you know what I do? I don't get like this all the time with God, but I got really frustrated with God. You ever been there? You ever like pray for something that God would protect your kids? And you almost feel like the opposite happens. Anybody have that spiritual gift? <laughs> you're, you're, you're praying for protection and some, you're praying for courage and then you become feeble or whatever. Yeah, so I found out I was a lion driver and I got like really frustrated with God. Like, God, how could you kind of let this happen? Right? And so Chantel's like telling her family and she tells our group message with, uh, our kids, Uncle Sean and Aunt Kat. And Aunt Kat, you know what her response? Wow, I'm frustrated with God. Praise God that it showed up. So now we can address it. A lot of people, they get bit with a tick and have it. They never knew they got bit with a tick. They never had a rash or anything. But it showed up. It was exposed so it wouldn't 
wreak havoc on Duke over the course of his life. And my whole tune changed. <laughs> From being frustrated with the confrontation and the exposure of what happened to thank you God that it was exposed. <laughs> From being frustrated about it and upset. And, and, and I might share some things today that might ruffle your feathers or get you uncomfortable or confront it, but let me tell you, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, if I don't expose some things, sin will wreak havoc from the inside out and destroy you. That's what it does. Grace and all, sin is still sin, and sin still has a bad influence on his people. Sin changes the way you view God. Sin changes the way you view man. Sin changes the way you view yourself. And sin is not good for the man of God. Your sins have no power over you, but when you live in sin, it still has influence on your life. And trust me, I'm, I'm Mr. Encourager. Call me Barnabas. I'm Mr. Encourager. And there's some things I don't like to share. I'm not a huge fan of confrontation. But the Holy Spirit would like me to believe on this day that if I don't expose some things, I'm going to allow people to be destroyed and live with a disease that God never intended to be in their life. That today he's given us an opportunity for exposure. And today as I'm preaching, I want you to say in Psalms 139, Lord, search me. Not anybody else. Lord, search me. Try me. I'm saying it. If there be any wicked way, if there be any wicked motive, if there be anything not of you that's not intended for my life, for I don't want to get 80 years down the line and regret everything because I never confronted the things inside my soul that God never intended to be there. And we've tolerated it. We've justified it. We've looked at the stats said everyone else is like that when God calls us to be different and not be a slave to anything. So here I say to the men of God, rise up. For it is for, I'll say it again, as I said last week, Galatians 5 verse 1, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. If you're free, you're free indeed. So if you're free, the reason why it sounds redundant, but the reason why or repetitive is to be free. Are you being free? So the first things first is we ought to be on our guard. Everyone say guard. What a guard does, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but outside a building, a guard will allow access for some things and keep other things out. And I love, I love the prayer of a hedge of protection. I love the prayer for you kids that God's angels, that God's Holy Spirit would protect them and be around them. All this, man, prayer should be threaded through all this. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, not, not, not a house of your phone, not a house of social media. Guys, I mean, seriously, not, not a, my house shall be called a house of prayer and he wants to live inside of you. So my house should be in communication with God. You should be seeking him. You should be longing for his stuff. So we're supposed to guard, be on our guard, man. You say, Dustin, what should I be on my guard from? God's got it, right? Paul writes to Timothy in 
Second Timothy chapter three, if you wanna write it in your notes or look at it in your Bible, you can, let's go there. Um, he says this, yeah, we can go there. I like you going in your Bible so that you can have this personally that you can take with you. And I love the pages turning. What am I supposed to protect my family of? Let me tell you, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, but also in the last days, this will happen. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, I know as we read this, you'll be saying, well, then there's no way we can be in the last days because I haven't seen <laughs> this. But, uh, yeah, some of you know what I'm about to read, but okay, here it is. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. No way. Obsessed with themselves. Lovers of money, boastful. I'm going to read this brutally slow so that you have to. Proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. You do a message on all these. Brutal, as I'm speaking so slow, brutal. <laughs> not lovers of the true good, not lovers of the good. Treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Having a form of godliness, looking the part, acting the part, but denying its power. I didn't say any of these. Scripture said it have nothing to do with these people. Because bad company corrupts good character and bad influences, bad influence influences badly. Be careful who you're around, guard. Because I think if, if, listen, in the last days, there will be terrible times in the last days. And when I say it all the time, you, you can say it with me, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters and they will prophesy. Come on, they will prophesy, they will see visions, they will see dreams. But also in the last days, mark this, there'll be terrible times. I, I can't help but think that the farther we go, the more, there will be more of a distinction between the church and the world, not a closer one. That the true people, the true believers, the true, true Christians of the faith will either rise up or conform to carnality and conform to the world. That it'll be clear and we'll have to make a decision, guys. We'll have to, why don't you do it now? Why don't you make the decision now that I will follow Jesus, no turning back, whatever it looks like. I'm gonna follow him. Yeah. 
I don't want to be in this list. I don't want to be obsessed with myself, a lover of money. I don't want to be boastful or ungrateful or unholy, without love, unforgiving, without self-control. I don't want to be a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God and the things of God. And of course, I don't want to be religious but deny the power of God. I do not, I do not want to go to church every Sunday, just check off the box and not receive the power of God in communion with, with you and our family. I want us to look like the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ has power. Oh, God. So as we enter into the last days, and if you read this, it's pretty clear this is happening Did you watch the news? I'm not political. I'm not here to be political. But it's not disgusting to allow babies to live. Just the chance. Just the shot. I mean, when Moses came, I know they were killing them all. And when Jesus came, I know they were killing them all. God, who have you rescued to save us? (laughs) What little unfortunate kid now has life that you're going to speak visions and dreams to before you come again? (laughs) What kid have you rescued out of darkness? And said, I have to, I have to allow this to happen. I have to make this happen so that, or are we lovers of ourselves? God forbid, guard our hearts from the things of this world so that our minds wouldn't be distorted by the influence of of the spell, that we would accept things just because God is love and we're supposed to love others as the way God loves us, but the word love, what does that really, really, really mean? Love also includes honesty and confrontation. Love also includes right. Right, meaning, meaning truth, true love. And love is freedom too. So if it's wrapped up in bondage and chains, it's, it's not. Anyways, that's, that's a whole nother. So we got guard. Everyone say guard. And number two is act like men. Everyone say act like men. Act like men. And women. Women don't act like a man. I mean, unless you want to. Unless you want to. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. All right. um, Act like men. This is what Paul told us. Act like men. Now, there's there's never been a more serious time. And I'm not saying we, we can't goof off. I'm not saying we can't have fun. But when it comes down to it, And when the rubber meets the road, man, it's time to get serious about the things God's serious about. 
Oh, when Paul said, when I was a child, I did, ch- now I put childish things and I come, I'm coming a man. What does that look like? I, I, it was really challenging for me with this because it's like, you know, the, maybe the culture back in the day and what are the maybe preconceived ideas about what it is to be a man, to be masculine, you know? There's all, there's all this type of stuff, but I just want to break it down into to three thoughts or three ideas and what I feel like God is calling us in this time to rise up and to be like. And, and these are these three things I want to talk about. Be, being a man of integrity, being men of humility, and men of vision. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. Men of integrity, men of humility, and men of vision. Let's go. Men of integrity. Men of integrity. Anyone know the definition of integrity? It's basically doing the right thing when no one's looking. Right? Integrity. I'm, I'm not saying that, that you're perfect. I'm not saying that you won't have thoughts that you wish weren't in your mind. I'm not saying that you're, you're, you're not going to sin. But what I am saying is you come into church and you act a certain way. And you're, you're all close to God or whatever. And then, and then you leave and that person is different. You act different. You're, you're a chameleon. Med of integrity is, is consistency. It's not that you're, I'm telling you, it's not, no, one's, no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You understand? But, at the, but the integrity is, is the consistency of the heart to say, God has my life. A man with integrity is a man of the secret place. God says, when you pray, go into your room and lock the door. And those of you who pray, and Father sees what is done in secret, will, come on, let's hear it, will reward you. Your Father who sees what is done in secret, not on the platform, your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This man of integrity is a man of the secret place, a man of prayer. This man is a giver, and this man will be blessed. Again, I don't mean you never mess up or you don't do things you wish you didn't. You aren't perfect. But there's this ongoing, can you listen to this? Ongoing progression and commitment as an apprentice of Jesus to follow him, to consecrate yourself unto him, even when no one is watching. An intentional organization of your life to have Jesus at the center and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you do you know what scripture says in James that the prayer of a righteous man is what powerful and effective or availeth much is that King James so of course the enemy wants to steal your secret place man that, that's what she's, Jezebel's gone after, is the secret place of the man. Because, I'm not saying they were perfect back then, but there was a time when the closet was an altar unto the Lord. That the secret place was a place where men contended for God to move, and demons to flee, and mountains to move, and, and chains to be broken. And now it's become an altar of sexual immorality. And I, and I know the statistics, but I'm here to tell you that it, that it doesn't have to have a hold on you. 
I don't want to be too straightforward with it, but seriously, it, I, I'm living, it does not have to have a hold on you. God wants to return the man to the secret place and freedom where you see God in full view and you see him in innocence and pureness. Come on, someone help me out here. You understand what I'm saying? The enemy has come so that men cannot be alone in their own thoughts and in their own mind. For the enemy wins out almost time and time again. But God wants to return the men to the prayer closet, to the secret place, where not only in church God is moving in their life, but in their alone time, individually. And this is where God moves. This is where the mountains are moved. This is the preparation that God wants to do in your life. And the enemy is, is stealing it. I see it. And when we, when, when we play, and when we play, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Proverbs says it's like playing with fire in our lap, pretending we won't get burnt. I just, I just, can I just, I, I don't always just share my convictions because I want God to do it in you. But like, let's, let's make our, let's be intentional about not putting ourselves in the situation if it's, if it's a problem. God, I'm being obedient. Because he told me a couple of years ago that Jezebel wants it all. And, and she's causing prophets to run. And you don't have to run. Face it. You don't have to be like everybody else and the Philistines standing there and run. The Spirit, the Spirit gives this man purpose and gives you reason for living outside of anything else. The Spirit supplies all that you need. God has given you everything you need. We said it last week, to live a godly life. Like I said, not to be perfect, but that you would make decisions for his glory. That the way that you live wouldn't be constricted and restricted and confined and conformed but would be free and full and life-giving. Don't you want that? Say amen. I want that. I want that for me. I want that for you. I want us to walk around as the church and we are free. A lot of us can't speak or we can't share or we can't pray for people because really we're not free. Even though God has set us free, we're not and we wrap the chains around ourselves because we choose it. And if it's for freedom, that's Christ to set you free. So men of integrity. Now men of humility. And some of y'all are like, thank you, he's moving on. <sighs> Don't play around with that spirit though. Jezebel's spirit. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we can talk about it. We can say, you know, the, the spirit of God is powerful in me and whatever. Uh, but, but you know that, that the, the sons of Sceva, remember they said, there's trying to cast out a demon. I'm just being honest. This is scripture. And he says, Jesus I know, 
Paul I know, but who are you? And jumped on the man and wreaked havoc in his life. Took him over. I, that's because he didn't have lo loving union and abiding with, with Jesus. But anyways, that's, I, I, I'm just saying, don't be, don't dabble. I mean, oh gosh. This is new territory, and that's why people don't preach it. That's why you, you, that's why you uh, when, when you scroll, the TikTok and stuff, it's all about the promises now. It's all about the fulfillment now. And I get that. I'm the encourager, and God is moving in your life, and I, I believe he's the miracle worker. But at the same time, there's things we got to expose, or the disease will wreak havoc, and it's wreaking havoc on the church. God. And we say it's okay. Everyone, everyone looks at porn. No, they don't. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't have that in my notes because obviously I wouldn't have that in my notes, but the reality is I don't. If I can't be more clear than that, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm not holier than thou. I'm not righteous. I make mistakes. I have stupid thoughts that come in my head, of course. I just, I just don't want everyone to say 99% and the pastors are the worst and all this. I, stop that stuff. Gosh. I don't know how else more to play it to you guys. Seriously. Wholly devoted to you, Lord, is my life. Anyone else? <laughs> Come on, someone stand up. Who is wholly devoted? Who wants to be wholly devoted to the Lord? Come on. Come on, would you give him praise? Come on, would you give him praise? Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, hallelujah. I want to be wholly devoted to you, Jesus. I bless you, church. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I want to see you. I want to see you take care of this. Expose it for what it is. It's foolishness and it's trash. And, and, it's, and it's wrapped up in goodness and freedom. It, the bag says pleasure. And it's not. It's chains. And it's destruction. And God's got a plan for your life. So don't chase this death and destruction offered in a package that says instant gratification because it destroys the intimacy between you and your wife. Destroys you being the father and the man that God wants you to be. And I so badly want you to be free. That's why it's so uncomfortable for me to have this. It's so uncomfortable, but I, I refuse to allow it to wreak havoc in your family. Be on your guard, men, and act like a man. And this is only by the Spirit of God. It takes intentionality. It takes organizing your life to not put yourself in this situation. Yes, yes, and yes. But this is not by might. It's not by power, but by his spirit. That's where everything happens. That's where you succeed and become a successful person.
men of humility. So men of integrity to men of humility. Can we keep going? There is a huge theme throughout scripture about the people that God used. And the common theme was these three, of course, but it was humility. They, they weren't, God didn't use prideful people. God didn't use people that wanted to share the glory. You know what happened in scripture when they started to give the apostles glory? They ripped their clothes. And they said, we're mere men just like you. So that's what I don't get about people saying the apostles were different when it's clear the apostles said, I mean, you know what I mean? They, they, they clearly said that we're mere men, unschooled, untaught men, filled of the Holy Spirit. And they asked you, were you filled and full of the Holy Spirit? We hadn't heard about this. So you know what they did? And just, they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Five steps now. One hand, yeah. If I would have made it better, thought about it, five fingers, yeah. <laughs> five steps, no, five fingers. That's a good one. I'll have to bring that one back. Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. You can write it in your notes. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So, so, so one thing that this can work, the struggle, the tension that you've been dealing with, you can allow it to humble you and get you into position. That, that some of the things I've dealt with in my life that I've struggled with, different than yours, may it be the same. You can allow that. You go, God, why do I deal with this? Like Paul, why do I have this thorn in my flesh? Here's what you can do. You can complain about it. You can struggle with it. Or you can say, God, how can you orchestrate this? What, what the enemy meant for death, how can you, like Joseph, turn it and orchestrate it for your good? How can you let what I struggled with, my susceptibilities possibly different than yours, how can I allow that to humble myself to get me in position where God can move in my life. It seems that humility in scripture is synonymous with power. That the way to get power from the Holy Spirit was to be a humble person and, and the proud person, it was clear God resisted. God resists the proud. You want the Holy Spirit to work in your life? Stop caring about your reputation so much. Stop being so proud. Let the Holy, because if you don't, I'm afraid what might have to happen for you to get in that place. Because God humbles the proud, and gives grace to the humble. Anyways. Peter writes, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And I love this. I love this because you have to think about who's writing this. Right? He knows firsthand that God will lift him up. Who wrote this? Peter. Anyone know the story? Peter walks on the water. He looks at the wind and the waves. He falls. Who lifts him up? 
There's layers to this. Peter doesn't just believe in this hypothetical God will lift you up. Physically, out of the boat, into the waters, out on the waters, out on the wind and the waves. If you fall, if you stumble, I know firsthand he will lift me up. Because I've seen it. I've seen the hand of Jesus reach down and rescue me. I've seen the hand of Jesus reach out and call people I thought were too far gone. I've seen what Jesus is able to do with any person that's humble, any person that's willing and open to receive the free gift of salvation, the free gift of life offered to you today. That's what he can do. So I say all of the above, Click D, all of the above, every single person in this room. Humble yourself under the Lord's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. You want to rise? You want to rise? Humble yourself. Humility is a prominent thread throughout people used by God in Scripture. Peter and Paul, James, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and David. I didn't say push over. I didn't say they lack confidence. I said they had true humility. Again, the apostles ripped their clothes when they were getting glory. They started calling them Zeus. They started calling them gods. They ripped. I mean, imagine if I did that right here. Y'all would be like, he must work out a lot. I'm just I, <laughs> Here goes Tim Skiles. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> cuts through here he is floating Tim <laughs> that's great uh, oh man I don't want to credit the Holy Spirit with all of my spontaneous stuff so no but humility and oh, man we're getting late we're getting late so I got to keep going okay uh, you getting anything good 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 and then number three is men of vision Men of integrity, men of humility, and men of vision. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Dustin, you've already said it. Can I say it again? In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Old men will what? Dream dreams. And young men? Come on. I love it. I love it. Because I'm, I'm naturally a dreamer. And sometimes it's hard for me to see now. And God, God is raising up some young people with the old people dreaming. Pastor Tim, you're young, but you're a dreamer. And the, the dream given in the heart of the older, I'm serious, I'm serious though. The dream, but the vision he's given to the young men. And you can ask, I believe Pastor Tim would say this, the dream of what's gonna be, of the generational impact, is given to the older men by the Spirit of God. But the vision and navigation of making steps, practically speaking, into the will of God for today, for now, is given to the young men. And God is calling, God is raising up young men. This is why I'm so adamant about you being free so that you can see God clearly. I want to be free so that I can be sensitive to his Holy Spirit. He's saying, I have vision for you. 
I have vision for your life. And I want, and I want you to step into it. If we look in, Saul, in, in Samuel about the story of David, and David's this conquering king, he's a beast. David's a beast. Do you know the story about David and Bathsheba? No, never heard of it. Yeah, you heard of it? Yeah. In the spring, it says, I think this is either 2 Samuel 11, 1, I think, 1, 1, 1. In the spring when kings go out to war, typically, David stayed at home. Now David, David is, he defeated Goliath. David has mighty men. David has a great resume. He's done a lot of things for God. I think it would be okay, I'm not sure. I would be all right if David stayed at home once and took a sabbatical once and rested, right? But could it be quite possibly that he got his eyes off of his purpose? Or he got his eyes off of the, the vision that God had? And th this is huge because when you just realize, when you just think about the things that you do today as a wandering, aimless man that nothing really matters and it's just this little thing here and there, you can lose sight of a lot and a lot can happen. And thanks be to God that David was rebuked by Nathan. He, David, David did the thing with Bathsheba. It's the best way I can put it. Did the thing with Bathsheba killed her husband, one of his mighty men. And it wasn't until Nathan came and said, you are that man, that David said, that guy should, you know, read the story, it's pretty, pretty cool, pretty eye-opening. David said, that man should be dead. And Nathan says, you are that man. And Nathan rebukes him. And maybe, oh, maybe I'm the Nathan today. But when you lose sight of that vision, that's why every, that's one of the reasons why all the time I stress and encourage your heart with purpose and vision. Because if you start with the end in mind, if you start with seeing Jesus' face when he places a crown on your head, and, and, then, and then because you're humble and you don't keep it on your head, you lay it at his feet, <laughs> it'll all be worth it. Everything that was hard, everything that you said no to, everything that you said yes to in the kingdom of God was all, can I say all, worth it. But sometimes if you're not filled with vision that the Holy Spirit wants to give you Maybe that's what happened to David, I'm not sure. When Elijah lost vision and Jezebel was coming to destroy his life, he ran away. God came out and looked for him and said, Elijah, what are you doing out here? Elijah had just defeated 450 prophets of Baal, one man. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain, dude. And Jezebel came for his life and he ran away. God said, what are you doing out here? He said this running for my life, or just running for my life. What? And just a reminder, you guys notice I haven't preached to women, because the women in here are 
fiery, ready to, I've heard you guys. I've heard you speak about the things of God. I've heard you hungry. (laughs) Come on, say amen. I've heard you hungry and wanting it. And I want us men to stand up and step out by the power of the Holy Spirit. So be strong. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. It's enough for you. My power, it's made perfect in weakness. So what does he say? I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, not my strength, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart, next slide, may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever, forever. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, 6, now the mindset of the flesh is death. Talked about the dead man last week, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. Don't you want life and peace? Don't you want life and peace? So be strong. Can we stand? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Mm. Be strong the Lord be strong Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 you can bring the pad in that's really pretty you had it in I think but maybe (laughs) y'all feel that y'all can laugh I know I've been kind of serious today you getting anything that's it that's it that's it Do y'all pray for the vessels of the word? Y'all pray for the people preaching? I want you to do that. Because the enemy will fight hard. So finally, Ephesians 6, be strong. Come on, give us fresh eyes on this verse, God. We know this verse, we have it memorized. Give us fresh eyes. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can. Everyone say, you can. Come on, louder. You can. You can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Your power is, it's not against that phone and not against that computer. There's something spiritual. There's something deeper, a spell that wants to take you out. We have to get serious about the things God is serious about. And come back to consecration. Come back to whole life. I surrender all, we used to sing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against what you see. Yeah, that's it, but that's not the root. That's just a stem. That's just a branch. Go deeper to the root of the issue. And that's where the spirit is. It indwells. That outer man needs broken so the spirit can come forth. Against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. 
You may, you may be able to. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Rise, 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 rise. I, I wish, I wish I told you there was no fight. I wish I told you the battle was gone and it was over. Yeah, for your sin, he carried the cross, but he's still gonna come riding on a white horse. And we will, I'll rise with him. I wanna be with him. I wanna be on his side. I wanna be on his team. I wanna be in his army. I don't wanna be on the sidelines. I don't wanna be unteachable and ungrateful and unholy. I want my life to be his, his, his. Be his. Come on, who's praying? Who's praying? Who's interceding? Be his today. Respond. Be his today. Be his today. Oh, it's time to respond. It's time to respond. It's time to respond. God, I, I want to be yours. God, I want to be completely yours. I want to be free today. Come find your freedom. Come find your freedom. So there's a few things. Now, I skipped a lot, but there's a few responses that I want you to have. You have to understand that God is not in a hurry except when it comes to your salvation. God is, it's almost painfully slow sometimes the way God works. But when it comes to your salvation, when you come to your senses and you just make a turn to the Father, he comes running. He comes running. And he says, quick, quick. This is the only time I really see it, like about salvation, quick. Put a robe on him. Give him a ring. Tell him he's still my son. Tell him I haven't given up on him. Tell him his mistakes weren't too far. Tell him my grace is enough. Right here, right now. Quick, make it happen. And that's what he wants to do to you today. Quick, he won't be slow, I'm telling you. So don't be slow, just turn. Just turn. Just, just, just turn and watch him come over the hill. Watch him. So that's one that needs to respond today for salvation. You've been a man who squandered your inheritance. You've been given a, a, a deposit of the Holy Spirit and squandered your inheritance and it's time to return. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord has made. So I will rejoice. This is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day, not tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day. So come and find Jesus. Come and find life. I'm here to tell you today that you don't need the things of this world to satisfy. Christ and Christ alone, who testifies? Christ and Christ alone will satisfy your soul. And number two, for the man that wants to rise, you have risen. You're a mighty man crucified with Christ. I want you to come into the house of the Lord today like David did. You know what David did? He comes into the house of the Lord. This is beautiful. Comes into the house of the Lord and sits down. It said David comes into the house of the Lord and sits down and says, who am I? And what is my family? What is my household that you have brought me this far? 
David comes into the house of the Lord with humility. He knows the blessings aren't because of his good works or his righteousness. David said it. He said, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And he, and he comes and he says, not by me, but Lord, who am I? And, and what is my household that you brought me this far? And come in humility and watch God put a great dumping of blessing on you. Watch God return some things. Watch God restore your heart. Watch God do amazing. Watch God do a miracle in your life. I'm serious. I'm serious. Yes, keep praying. Yes, keep praying. Yes, keep praying. I hear it. I hear it. Keep praying. Let's let the spirit rise in this room. Come on, somebody testify. Come on, someone prophesy. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come on, just respond. Just respond. You need to come up, up to the altar, you can. You need prayer, I will pray for you. I'll gladly pray for you. I wanna, I wanna pray for you. You wanna seek the Lord, you can. This is you and God, this is you and God. You and God, no one else. Doesn't matter what anyone else says. No matter what everyone else thinks. You and God. So Jesus, I pray for this response time. I pray as Brooke and Brooke sing these songs and everything, God, what happens, Lord, that your will will be done. Come on, church, agree with me. God, that your will would be done in my life. God, that your will would be done in my family. God, from the front to the back, that every person, that not one would choose to leave, Lord, without receiving and responding to you, responding to the drawing in their heart, God. God, that's what they came for today. That's what you came for today, to meet them, to speak to them, to change them and set them free. Help us to be open to it, Lord. So come and do what you want to do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. Respond. We'll be up here praying for you. Bless you guys. Thank you. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.